This is the Kern River Fly Shop Guide Roundtable. I'm here with Ryan Bueller. Hey now, everybody. Rob Bueller. How you doing? And Danny Hausch. Hey, guys. All three are guides here on the Kern River and Lake Crowley and the Owens River. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on out there uh, on the Kern River and the Owens River and possibly the, the surf and that sort of thing. Um, but... Uh, what have you guys been doing? Uh, Want to start, Ryan? What have you been doing out there? Oh, man. We've been fishing a lot, both uh, guiding and personally. It's that time of year we've been trying to take advantage of that four-mile section, get out as much as we can. And luckily, a lot of clients have been able to get out there, too. It's been a good time of year. It's a lot of fun right now. Where are you fishing at, mostly? Um, we've been above the bridge a lot, just in that four-mile section. And... Um, Usually been trying to go out a little bit, just trying to get away, but really you can, anywhere along there has been really good. Also, we've been fishing a little bit below the bridge, and now we're starting to move down into um, the section below the dam. Oh. So, we'll see how that works out here coming up as we go into winter. Nice, and what about you, Danny? Um, same, same thing. I've been in the wild trout section most of the year, it feels like. <laughs> Yeah, every time I'm, uh, I go out, I'm pretty much above the bridge, and yeah, it's been fishing great up there, so that's why I keep going back. How lucky are we to have that fishery, man? Oh my so goodness. Lucky. That place is amazing. Yeah, that was is. the first place I went to when I came to this river and fell in love with it right away. Yeah, yeah, so people that don't know, Rob and I, you know, we used to live down in Southern California. Rob would wake up, get me on the road at four in the morning. We'd drive up here, we'd make up at the bridge, you know, we'd get up there about eight o'clock, fish till four, and then drive back. And it was great, because Rob loved to drive, he'd do all the driving, but we'd do day trips just to go out to that section um, at this time of year. And now we actually live here, and we shoot up there for a little hour, two hour session. And This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Those days that we can, we get out for longer at this time of year. It's amazing up there. And now you can wake up late and eat breakfast and drive up there. <laughs> yeah, still get in on the eight-hour day up there. Nice. Totally spoiled. Rob, what have you been doing? Uh, half and half. So yeah. half above the bridge with clients that are willing and able to get out and then other clients um, below the bridge and doing well there uh, um, as well. Um, consistent fish. The fish are active after the rain. We had a rain spell a couple of weeks ago that dirtied up the water, and but it cleaned up. We had some ash in the water after the uh, fires, um, but cleaned up very quickly and we were really uh, 
excited about that. And the fishing turned on pretty much right away, like three or four days after the rain, and it's been great since. So it was like three or four days after the, the yeah. The so rain two day. two days after the the rain, I I guided on the rain day, and it was epic that day during was it the whole day raining? Awesome. It was it was amazing. Some fish were you know, hitting all day long, uh, took out a new client from Bakersfield who's lived in Bakersfield for five years. He's from Colorado and he had no idea that the current river was a viable fishery. And he, he fly fished in Colorado. Yeah. And then he had buddies that came over for dinner and said, dude, what are you doing? The current river is awesome. So he booked a trip. Well, actually he came up and bought waders, bought a uh, combo, uh, fly rod kit, bought a uh, fly tying vice bought a bunch of fly tying equipment booked a trip for the next week <laughs> oh yeah which was the monday of the rain we had an epic day and he's just he's hooked he's uh, so hooked oh that's so cool man yeah i mean it's crazy uh that the river muddied up i thought it would be a lot muddier yeah so tell you it was truth. literally two days later i went out and it was it was very very dark but i caught a fish within like 20 minutes so i, I was stoked and then it cleared up every day after that and just got better and better and better it, i think it was a couple of days afterwards you were, you posted a video of a rising fish there and on right? that on there that was. day that i caught a fish i was coming back to the car and there was a big pool of rising fish and there, there was you know 15 or 20 fish yeah, and how was the visibility that uh, were, it was very limited on that day. And they were coming up. And anyways. they were rising on the top. Yeah. And it was uh, below South Creek and Tobias was muddier and off color more. Oh, was it? Because they, especially Tobias, because they had more of a burn area and it brought more into it right there. So once you got above those, it was a little cleaner. Just that little bit. Yeah. Helped us out. Very cool. And Danny, were you going up there? Were you using dry flies or you've been nymphing? What have you been doing? Mostly nymphing. Um, mm -hmm. I was doing a dry dropper as well, like a big stimmy, and then uh -huh. putting a hare's ear or a pheasant tail nymph below it. Mm -hmm. But fishing from the bobber quite a bit. Yeah. Our buddy Sergio was going to his, uh, his one and only fly that he likes to fish with, <laughs> that soft tackle pheasant tail. And he was sticking fish pretty crazy. Yeah. I know? fished that too. It, yeah, it yeah. was good. That's always a good one to go it, to. It is a standard that you can go to anywhere and catch. I have good hopes of catching fish on that. We have a uh, a new fly that's uh, kind of on the rise called the Slim Shiny that tied by Rob that's uh, that's been doing really well. You want to talk about that real quick? It, well, it's a Pertagon, or if you're from Spain, Perdagon fly, um, kind of a competition <laughs> style fly. <laughs> so I I call it a Pertagon, but then the competition guys are get a little stuffy about it and say you got to say pair the gone but i say are you from are you from san diego or san diego so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's a simple fly it's got a lot of flash in it and a little bit of color a hot spot at the head and then that uh, pertagon style wing case that's dark it's got that dark black wing case on it um and very thin profile is but, it on the website yet it is not. It's not on the website. Yeah. Yet. So we'll if anyone wants to order it, just add in the notes, and we'll get. We should get it on the website soon. Yeah, for sure. What other flies uh, have you been using up there? Uh, Frenchies are always hot. Uh, Big Pat's rubber legs is great. Mm -hmm. um, occasionally they're hitting the scotticator. I watched uh, fish eat Danny's stimulator the other day. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Hare's ear has been really good. Uh, kind of a um, what size? Uh, size fourteen. Okay. And then. Um, <laughs> the, the, the fly that's the craziest when the pat's rubber leg man it's so big and, uh, and, pat's rubbed so the, 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 the 
clients are blown away that I put it on. I had That's awesome. I had one Love of your uh, longtime clients um, over the weekend, and he he goes, I always fish the little stuff, and I pulled that thing out, and I go, well, let's try this, put it on the bottom. Bam. <laughs> Literally, yeah. three casts later, bobber down, and like five casts later, he's hooked up. So yeah, it, was, it was crazy. It was the exact same thing last November. Yep, Remember absolutely. That? Yeah. And, and what size are those? Those things are like size six, eight. Size eight, yeah. yeah. Okay, now uh, I got a question yeah. for you and you, for yeah. Guy and Robbie. Yeah. Do you like the beaded or the unweighted one better? Guy. Well, I like the the one that doesn't have a bead, but it's a little bit weighted. Yeah. You know, I, I like using that one. Okay. Um, I don't, I, I haven't really had uh, all that much luck with the one with the bead. Okay. But that's just me. But um, yeah. the one without the bead rocks. Yeah. Because we always, you know, all our nymphs have beads on them. You yeah. know, everything, everyone's yeah. bead bead. And then for yeah. some reason, especially that one, with the Euro nymphing craze, everybody's yeah. got to have a bead on it because they want to fish kind of competition style or, yeah. like, or like the competition guys are fishing. But yeah. um, I've been the same, at least five to one on the unweighted versus the one with the bead on it or, yeah. or the unbeaded versus yeah. the bead. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So easily more fish on that um, just standard rubber lakes. Are you finding that the fly itself, um, there's one in, that we have in the shop that's kind of an olive uh, it's the chenille. olive brown. Yeah, olive brown. There's chenille. money over yeah. the other ones too, because we got the brown standard, and, and there may be a black one too. But the olive brown kills over the other ones. And Ryan, you've been experimenting with a new fly of yours, which is called the Bucky Stone. The Bucky Stone. Yeah. yeah, I started doing it last year and messing around with different variations, and um, this year it's been really good up there. I was just fishing it myself, and then recently started having clients fish it to see if it, you know, how well it works and started giving Robbie, gave Robbie an unweighted one the other day to go out there and fish. And I, I went well out with. on my own for a couple hours and fished that Euro nymphing style with the Pat's rubber legs on the bottom and then Ryan's stonefly on the top and caught three fish on his stonefly. Yeah. So definitely a producer. Sweet. Yeah. So that one's been solid for me this, probably this whole fall and then also last fall. That's when I first started tying it. Now yeah. it's available in the shop now. What, what size is that? That I do it in both 12 and 14. The 12 has a big, uh, a four millimeter bead on there, I think, and it gets down really quick and fast in those heavy shoots. A good looking fly. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I man. like it. It's pretty buggy. <laughs> what do you think it is with that? Is it the legs or what? Um, what why that thing works? What, what's I going like on with that? the legs and I, the, also the contrast in the abdomen from the light um hair that i use and then also it's the black and hot orange ribbing in it makes it really pronounced in that back area i kind of really like that i think that's a trigger i think yeah. danny liked it too he was pulling around like picking at it in the shop the other day and he didn't even know it was brand new he was just kind of looking at it and I yeah go, okay. i walked in and saw that and i was like oh what's this oh there <laughs> this you go looks great got ben appeal so, too definitely, <laughs> definitely. got ben appeal. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right on so let's talk about uh we've got a a uh wild four mile wild trout clinic coming up on november 27th so any of you folks out there that would like to learn how we fish the four mile section you know you can go to our website and uh, sign up for that class it's uh it's about a six hour class and uh, we're going to teach you uh, how to fish that area and we're going to hike back in there it does take folks that are a little bit more in shape don't you think yes it does to be able Just to go a little do bit. that yeah um 
Uh, so keep that in mind. If you sign up for that class, you want to be able to at least hike uh, how many miles do you guys think, you know, oh, for the day? Let's say four, four, four miles. Round yeah. trip, yeah, and we could go yeah, in. It's, yeah. it's not a flat trail. It's a kind of uneven trail. So Correct. just be ready yeah. for a, a little bit of hike in and a, a little bit of a rough trail. But this, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you come out and you'll learn to fish the water that we like to fish. That's a lot of thing out there. A lot of people come out and they really don't know what water type to fish. You'll learn what we really like to fish and also the different styles of techniques from the um, Euro nymphing to indicator, dry dropper, dries. We love to prospect with dry flies out there when we see nothing coming up. You'll learn that technique. So it'll be really beneficial to come out, like I said, and learn how we really like to fish that area. That area is pretty special um, and the, the regs have have uh have changed a little bit up there you have unfortunately um, yeah and um i i was trying to clear this up with uh, chiaki last night is i believe that uh the kern from the johnsondale bridge all the way up to the sequoia national park is open year-round <laughs> wow yeah. we uh, always just thought it was that four mile yeah you know and then it ended there but yeah that's the new regs oh okay wow. yeah so don't quote me on that. That's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> He's not, well, so, I remember that from last year as yeah, well when yeah. the regulations got passed. Yeah. Yeah. And so the worry was that people are going to go when it's snowing or a storm could get come in, in and there. get somebody stuck deep in the wilderness back there. And then which, have to yeah. use more of this rescue people's resources to come out and get them and yeah. all that. So Yeah. So that's kind of a, that's a new change. So basically from Johnsondale Bridge down to Bakersfield, it's open year round five five fish limit um from the johnsondale bridge up it it turns into barbless hooks um and there's a two fish limit over 14 inches i no, think or no. just no. oh that was, and then, that was old rags that's yeah. the old sign yeah. thank you yeah okay, cool. yeah so there is no uh size no. limit from okay. what i understand okay. and and no zero limit from november 15th through april the last weekend in april because uh, typically they would, it would be zero limit during the winter. That might be the old one too. We'll have yeah. to find Has that out. Has that changed? Yeah, that has changed okay. too. But uh, you, to make sure you guys, you know, um, don't quote us on these, but, um, you know, look at the regs before you go fishing and just double check your regs before you go fishing. Yeah, it's so your responsibility to yeah. know what yeah. waters you're fishing in. But from what I understand, yeah, those are the, those are kind of the new, okay. new regs up there. So, wow. yeah. Which are kind of interesting. We'll see how it affects everything. That's a, that's a debate right there. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And any folks that are interested and love that area, we might need to start talking about trying to get it changed to all catch and release up there in Barbless. Yeah. Um, Cal Trout and Trout Unlimited guys out there. Um, we're going to start needing your help, and we can change that area up there and help preserve it to what it is. It really is special up there. The other interesting thing about that area up there is, uh, I think we're going on two years that it's been unfished. Yeah, that's true because it's been closed from yeah. those fires. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be interesting as well. Wow. So if they if they even open it, I don't even. I heard that they're not going to open up the the upper section uh, way up there, you know, or that road or whatever. I don't know. Okay. So I've heard different different stories. Yeah about that the so. windy gap fire was pretty devastating up there again this year so yeah so one of the things that we hope doesn't happen is all that uh, ash you know if we get some major rains in 2002 
uh, the McNally fire burned all up through that area. And then we had record rains in November and it just messed up the river for a good year or so for sure. But um, if we have that kind of situation, um, that's going to be pretty bad for the, for the upper current. So wow. an ideal situation for us would be that we get this major snowpack, <laughs> 200 <laughs> snowpack, and then we have a really, really slow snow melt. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's probably, you know, that's, that's wishful thinking. But I, if it, if it, ha- I've seen it happen before where that happens, Yeah. but I've also seen where we've had a huge snowpack and then all of a sudden we'd have warm rains yeah. and just and, mass run and off then it's quick. 35,000 CFS going down oh, the road. Yeah, that's God. wild. You know, I've seen that happen too. So we just never know. All right. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about, uh, the Owens river. Oh what's, yeah. What's going on over there? Okay. So it was just a few weeks ago. I went up there. Robbie had to pull the bolt out of Crowley. I went up to help him, and I stopped by real quick to check it out. And the flows were amazing. I think it was 100, right under 150 CFS, which is perfect for getting around everywhere. Went out, and the nymphing um, was fabulous. Indicator or your check nymphing or Euro style. But the best part was there was plenty of caddis, midges, and BWOs coming off. And fish were looking up for some dry fly action, and fishing was really nice. Um, right after that, a client called and says, are you guys up at Crowley anymore? And we go, no. And I go, oh, we going to go to the lower Owen. And Ben says, yeah, let's go. Nice. So I took a client out a few days later and just had a fabulous time. He'd never experienced there. And he goes to Mammoth a lot for skiing. And now he's like, oh, great. I can stop by real quick and right. do some fishing down there. So we had a great time, plenty of fish caught and, um, great chance of some really good dry fly action. The weather's perfect right now before it yep. gets too cold in the middle of winter, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, it is. A lot of times, you know, they fishing's good down in Bishop there, but it's really hot, and right now it's, the weather's cooled off. Um, they're starting to reserve water in Pleasant Valley Reservoir, so the flows are perfect, and it'll be that way for probably next three or four months, um, and it should be a fabulous year up there. Sweet. What about the upper Owens? Is that is that still going good or fish are just starting to move into the system up there? Uh, some large fish are moving up out of Crowley Lake and starting a stage. And um, it, yeah, it's good. So, yeah, you guys want to talk about how you guys are going to be guiding over on the Lower Owens and stuff, and possible uh, Lower Owens clinic coming yeah, up. Yeah, the... we we are this year. Like last year, we're going to be guiding out on the Lower Owens. Rob and I have been fishing there seems like forever now. Um, just as long as we've been coming to the Kern. Exactly. And we love that area over there. Um, so last year we had a fabulous time guiding this year. We'll be doing the same and trying to teach clients how to, we like to fish the lower Owens in different areas and the different techniques. Great thing about it is you can go out in one day and learn different techniques out there and experience, you know, you can go out and do the Euro nymphy and the indicator and it's, good chance of always getting into some dry fly action so you can do those all within a day and learn all those techniques it's fabulous and this year like last year we did some lower owns clinics this year we're going to do one on december 4th it's a saturday come out and learn how the bueller brothers have always fished the lower owens and how we like to um we'll go over all those techniques i just talked about and also um the different areas of the lower owens everyone gets stuck in the wild trout area and there's a 
whole other area that goes out behind Bishop that's really great fishery. And we'll concentrate on that a lot. What about uh, floating it? Uh, floating's an option. A, a lot of, or there's a several companies up there that float it um, from below the wild trout section down into town and then from town down below town. Um, but fl flows right now are just under 100 CFS. So floating's really not an option until it gets up over 250 to 300. Oh, okay. So that'll all depend on how much snow and rain and all that we get and how mm -hmm. much they it's can kind of, conserve in that it, reservoir. It's a springtime thing. Uh, flows will start to come up in the springtime, and then when they do, there's that little window of, of drifting and floating on that river, too. You guys ever uh, floated, like, the below Tanamaha? No, I, I never right? have. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, that seems kind of cool. Yeah, we like you always said, you're you're the bass guy. You're always been drooling <laughs> over that water. And it's stuff we always drove by and heard about, but we are always so trout crazy. We kept going by it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we might have to go over there and check that area out. Yeah. yeah. That's more, more bass it. territory. Definitely yeah. some bass yeah. water in yeah. the valley over there for Good. sure. It's a yeah. great warm water fishery down there, we've heard. Cool. So we got a uh, Owens River Clinic on December 4th. Yes, correct. And um, what else do we got going on? We got a, a fly tying clinic coming up. Oh, we will. The next, uh, when's our next beginning class? Um, you know, I know we're just getting I, ready to put those out on the website. And we just announced them. I think them. that's December 11th. Yeah, there you go. It is. And so yeah. we'll have our beginning number one class on Saturday. And then always lately Saturday night from six to eight, we've been doing fly tying. And the last few classes have been really well attended. Um and it's been a lot of fun. We've had a, quite a few kids coming up with their dads, too. Um, it's been a great, great time out there. Everybody's welcome on those fly tying classes. You don't need to be a beginner. If you're intermediate, we can help you with your skills on a special style or technique or a certain fly you want to tie. Uh, you can let us know ahead of time. We'll be pre prepared for that. Um, and obviously, beginners are always welcome. Yeah, and this last class, last two or three, we've had Craig and Nick coming out, father and son. And... Nick tied his first uh, Peacock Frenchie, and the next day we went out together, he hired me, and we went out, and he caught his first fish on his own fly that he tied the night before. Wow, that's it was a just, proud Yeah, moment. it was. I was so stoked to be involved Heck with it. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really neat. So you can always do that kind of stuff, too. Come out, learn to tie some flies, and then we'll take you out the next day and teach you how to fish them. I love it. Um, I want to... Uh, mention um you know the last podcast i did um with uh evan moore uh yeah. across the the way you know the extreme kayaker um he mentioned uh you danny house and um i didn't realize that you were also a a, a climbing guide as well so <laughs> Yeah, try here to I stay know. busy. <laughs> here I am, you know, I know you, I thought I knew you, <laughs> and you bust that out. I've got and surprises. Got and then uh, this last weekend, you... you uh... Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I don't know if you sailed or you motored your boat from 
basically Los Angeles all the way up to Ventura was 80 miles or something. And you right. overnighted in Malibu with your boat. And you're also, uh, I guess, you're a sailor as well. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a great sailor, yeah, but right. I can put the sails up and yeah. the wind will push me. <laughs> you're not a sailing guide yet. Because no. you know, he's a whitewater rafting guide, a climbing guide, fly yeah. fishing guide. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not a sailing guide. That'll never happen. <laughs> so, um, did you motor up, or did you, or did you sail up? We motored most of the way because the wind was so light, so we had to motor. So, first day was pretty much all motoring. That was like yeah. thirty nine miles of motoring, and then we okay. anchored up in Paradise Cove by Malibu. Yeah, and then from there, the next day we got a little bit of wind, so we we're actually able to put the sails up, which is what we wanted because. Yeah it's so much quieter and you get that really nice feel, you know, for the boat. So you don't have to listen to the engine the whole time. Right. But yeah, so we got a little sailing in, but most of it was motoring. So you took it to Ventura. All the yeah. way to Ventura. So yeah. right when you got into the past, those break walls, you're just like, Oh, Oh, I felt so good. I was like, we made it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I bet, man. So you got a nice slip over there and you're just got to, you're just going to have your boat there hanging out. Yep. So boat's cool, just going to be there. Awesome, yeah. man. Yep. I'm stoked. That's really cool. So tell me about your, uh, climbing, uh, guiding or how'd you get into climbing? Oh man, I've been climbing for probably 10 years. That was, yeah. um, my major intro into the outdoors in California. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I first started doing. And did you do it here or did you do it in Joshua tree or somewhere or? up here? Up yeah. Here. So okay. I first started climbing, um, in the mouth of the Canyon oh, wow. and there's lots of little great routes up there. And then I went mm-hmm. up to Alabama Hills by Lone Pine. Yeah. Went up there. Great spot. And then yeah, needles, dome rock. Those were next level up and just been, yeah, putting a lot of time climbing up here. Yeah. Very cool. So you guys know this, but I'm going to brag about Danny as well. But also Danny's <laughs> also a, a, a really good filmmaker and photographer. And that's this photography skills we've yeah. known since, you know, for the last year to yeah. now. Yeah, um, I really love really photography. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, especially like the time elapsed sky ones you oh, do at I night. I love that stuff. Those are really bitching. Yeah, anything yeah. astrophotography is so fun. Yeah. But you have to be out there for a long time to do it. It's <laughs> cool, though. Got to be patient. Worth it. Worth yeah. it, yeah. And so, didn't he come and do some uh, <laughs> filming for you this last weekend? Was it a weekend ago now? Yeah, so. Yeah, for your, uh, your big video shoot and a big yeah, well, concert you had. Well, we had, a, we had a, um, a full force weekend, that's for sure. I don't awesome. know how you made it. Yeah, so <laughs> we, uh, we have this new, Danny and I and, and a couple other guys have this new project going on where, where uh, we're going to breweries and and whatnot i'm not going to give it away right yet but um yeah. we're working on a cool project um where it's kind of a tv show type of a thing awesome for and, some and, of those people that don't know guys got his band the Stoneflies, out there and yeah. that's what this is all related to well no this this is separate that's you're not related with the Stoneflies with this one not this oh, one awesome. so so what okay. we did what we did on saturday is we filmed a tv show okay right with danny and so we worked on that all pretty much all day all day yeah, yeah all day yep and then um that night at the brewery which we were filming at um well, that's my band confused my go. band which is separate from danny shot a, yep. a music video with another guy okay <laughs> and danny was there partying yep yeah. <laughs> i got to relax for <laughs> <Yeah>. that one <laughs> yeah and so we uh, so we we filmed all day 
with Danny, and then we filmed uh, at night for the with the band Stoneflies for our new video coming out, which okay. is almost done actually, which is really cool. You saw a little snap of it. So good, yeah. yeah. And uh, so it was a full force day. So and how was that show, Danny? When you since you were like just having to be in regular concert. Oh, go man, I loved it because I, I haven't seen the live show since COVID. Yeah. So I, I forgot how much I needed that. It was, it was so awesome. Good. Yeah, I got to yeah. dance and drink some beer. Awesome. So it was a it was a great night. It was. It was good to, to actually play again. Yeah. You, you know, and perform again, which was, which was a blast and see people partying and stuff. Just being normal. Yeah, just being people again. Yeah, for sure. So anything else you guys would like to add to uh, our little guide round table or anything? Yeah, um, yeah. I, we're all, so it's kind of cool that we have all the different guides here together. And we've, I know Ryan, Danny, and I have learned a ton from you over the years on how to fish um, our approach as guides. But we still have a lot of varying techniques and differences. Ryan and I fish together all the time, almost every day together. Yeah. And we kind of. And talk about all kinds of stuff. When we get too. back after our days, yep. we're, we're um, throwing everything back and forth off each That's other. Awesome. So That's great. You know, we do a lot of things that are similar, but still, that being said, we still have a lot of differences and different styles and different techniques and different approaches on, on different days and different um, situations on the river. So I wanted to kind of talk about that and have each of us go through oh, okay. how we would rig up, how we would approach a certain situation. And I remember earlier this year that we were dry fly fishing. It was kind of single dry fly. There was a lot of caddis going off and we were fishing single caddis. Ryan and I were doing a double dry um, yeah. approach. Yep. Um, so I'm going to have, and I know you went out during that time period as well. And I know Danny was fishing during that time period as well. Yeah. Um, and we all have kind of different approaches and, and different techniques. So I, I would love you to start with kind of how you approach that situation, how yeah. you rig up, uh, what size leader, what length of leader, sure. um, how you approach the water, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm guiding on Friday. Okay. And so I'm going to be up in the upper stretches above Johnsondale Bridge as well. But um, I'll, be, I'll be doing, I'll, usually I'm bringing three rods. And so, and usually each rod has a different technique. Uh-huh. And so, um, I'll have one with a streamer rig, you know, um, and I'll have two streamers on there, whether it be, a, an olive bugger or two olive buggers or one Brown or, or, uh, whatever streamer I might be using, um, that, that day. But also, um, I'll use, uh, the streamer will be about a nine foot leader, um, about, uh, two feet of tip it i might put uh, a split shot or two on there and then i'll have my client uh, cast down and across Let, and, let's and, let's go back to kind of a specific situation yeah. though where we were just the dry fly only kind of okay you know like we were doing earlier in the year and just only that style so not what you would do on every given day but if you're faced with that dry fly situation how are you rigging only for that dry fly? How are you fishing oh. that time of year? How are you, you know, rigging your dry fly system on the, on that day? Oh, okay. So you're, you're, you want me to just talk about dry fly Specifically, yeah. Just dry fly. And it was in the summer when the caddis were coming off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were all going out and getting good action. Okay. So you're, are you talking about that time of year or right yeah. now? Yeah. 
just that just that style that time of year and just the dry oh, fly oh, how oh. are you rigging your dry fly oh, okay setup? so my my dry fly for rig- for when we were fishing the caddis oh specifically, I'm sorry. okay like in june and july yeah. when when it was hot oh okay so my uh system is is a little bit different i'll do tags you know so i won't go from the uh when i'm fishing two two uh dry flies i'll do uh you know a longer leader and then i'll do how, what how what length you know um sometimes it's probably about 12 feet and then a, a little bit longer and what's then the final like you know five x you know six x at the end you think what's your what do you, you the know? first the first one will be yeah. uh 4x awesome okay. yep. yeah and then i'll do uh, a triple surgeon's knot and then I'll, I'll do the tag and then i'll have a fly off the tag okay and then i'll have that go down another three feet and then i'll have another fly below that okay just like most people set up their nymph rig or a lot of people yeah. set up a nymph rig yeah and I'll, I'll do it that way just so that the you know the other fly isn't pulling on the 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 top fly yeah okay you know. free or drift yeah yeah and how do you do that with clients too the three flies i do I, well this wasn't a three fly this two is fly. Just, two, just two flies fly. excuse yeah. me yeah but same. um yeah i will do that with them um but i'm rigging it for them you know of course and, but uh you know it's uh it seems to for me it seems like i get a little bit better drift and they can get a little bit better drift as well awesome yeah. cool sweet and I do, and I'm going out there, I would love to fish just a caddis alone, just a dry fly caddis. Mm-hmm. If I can put one on, that's great. But a lot of times, um, especially this last year, we found, Rob and I, we were fishing two flies, and we'd put a bigger stimulator up front. I'd use a nine-foot leader, say 4X, so I'd go a little stronger to that front fly, and I tied the stimulator on there, um, size 12 um even size 10 or bigger size 8 even and then off the bend of the hook i will use a clinch knot and tie back about 18 inches and put a size 16 or 14 caddis in the back and i fish those two rigs um, a lot of times on the good days both are getting hit but a lot of times we notice they'll come and look at the bigger stimulator and then turn back and see that little caddis and hit it on the way out um and I go a little lighter, see if I go on 4X to my stimulator for my leader, I will go 5X going back to my elk hair caddis. Um, in case I get snagged somewhere often, I'll just lose that one fly instead of both of them that way. Cool. Danny, how mine's, you fish? Mine's kind of a combo between both guys and Ryan's. Um, so for the, the caddis, um, I'll do a nine foot leader, usually 4X, and I have normally a stimmy before the caddis. Um, it, sometimes I'll tie it off a tag if I'm really into it, but if I'm just like, oh, I'm going to tie this up real quick, I'll just tie it on there and then tie it off the hook shank. Okay. It just depends on my mood. Yeah. <laughs> um, but normally the second fly I'll tie about, about the same, like maybe two feet off the first fly or like a foot and a half off the first okay. fly. Yep. Excellent. How about so, you, Robbie? I, I'm a little bit different. I like to go stouter and or thicker with my tippet, especially to the first fly. So I go 3X um, if using two flies. And I'll go 3X to the stimulator or larger fly and then start with 4X to the second fly. And if I don't, if the um, reaction is low or not aggressive to that, then I'll, I'll shrink down my tippet after that. 
And the reason for that is because I hate losing big fish or I hate losing fish or breaking off fish. So I'm always going a little bit thicker. <laughs> and I've found that it's presentation more than anything that gets the fish to bite and not so much. They're not so much tippet shy on our river out here unless it's very, very clear and skinny water at the back end of runs. Mostly there's a little bit of turbulence and a little bit of break in the water and they're rarely uh, tippet shy. So I go thicker with the tippet, a little heavier. And then I go uh, much shorter to the first fly as well, seven and a half feet, rarely nine feet, because I find it's much easier for my clients to cast, uh, control, get a better drift um, through mending. And then the second fly is close as well. So kind of a different theory for you guys. You guys do yours uh, further apart. I do mine closer, like a foot apart, because it gets in the same current lane. And then the two flies are in a similar lane, and I find that they'll, they'll pull apart less if they're in the similar current lane than uh, being spread across two current lanes, uh, being cool. further apart. So yeah, way, good. way different techniques for our, kind of all four of us here. Yeah. But yeah. all are effective, obviously, and different approaches to the same situation. Do you tie off the bend of the hook, too? For I do generally, yeah. especially for clients, uh, right off the bend of the hook, and yeah. just to make it simple and easy, yeah. less tangles, easy to cast, um, easy to kind of high stick and just do a little flop cast out there. Sure. So I kind of simplify everything cool. for, for beginner to intermediate clients for the most part. I found, I found, this is just me, I found guiding that it makes it a little easier on me if I have the tag because then I just uh, will put, instead of having to cut everything and do start over i can just use the tag and put the fly you know change yeah the, for off sure. the tag you know it's a little Perfect. easier um and uh yeah and, and I, I i tend to use heavier tippet as well um but when you start getting into those smaller flies you know that Correct. that 3x you can't really use that 3x then, yet. yeah i'll use so. the loop knot um even on my dry flies so the flies are still swinging around on those micro currents yeah. with the loop knot the yeah. lefty loop or loop or the yeah non-slip mono loop and i i obviously i don't think that the fish are deterred by that um larger tippet unless the it's very clear and the soft skinny water at the back end runs in like a maybe a mayfly hatch yeah yeah. but the caddis are usually hatching out of the rougher water turbulent and so i just lean toward that heavier tippet i have a little guide tip when it does those two dry flies um, a lot of water, you got to fish really tiny, say mayflies or midges, um, 20 and below, and you have a hard time seeing them, especially as we get older. If you use a bigger dry fly up front and then tie off either the tag or the bend and put that little one behind it, you'll be amazed at how easy it is to see that little one. You'll spot the big one, and then instantly that little one will pop up. You'll be able to see it and be able to see all your takes. And also, when I can't see it, I know it's within usually a foot of my bigger one. And anything that comes up and splashes around it, I'll just set the hook on hoping. Yeah. So if you have a hard time seeing those little dries, put a little bigger one up front, and it'll help you locate that one on your cast. I don't know if we're doing that for us or, the, or for the clients. <laughs> Hopefully everybody both. gets that fit. Definitely both. <laughs> cool. What else? All right. Um, uh, what about music? What, what about what are you, it? What are you listening to lately? You, we quit oh my doing God. that. 
Oh, what yeah. happened with all that? Uh, so, <laughs> dude, I, I, all I've been doing is uh, just been listening to jazz piano. That's all I listen to today. Awesome. <laughs> nice. That's in not a shop, bad choice. You know? anyone, anyone specific you're yeah. digging? I, dude, I just said, hey, uh, I said, hey, Google, play some jazz piano. <laughs> and oh, so I heard from the radio. I don't even know who it was. Cool. Yeah. That's how you yeah. find yeah. new yeah. bands. Yeah. That's a great way. So, I'm just, I, my brain is fried from in the shop today. So, yeah, yeah it was what good. What about you, Danny? Danny, anything new? Um, yeah, my buddy Aaron Sanchez turned me on to a band called uh, Polyphia. Polyphia. Okay. Um, they're like a instrumental rock band, so mm-hmm. like no lyrics to it, yeah. but it's so good. You guys will have to check it out. One great song is called uh, Goat. Yeah. Super good. All Sweet. right. But all, all instrumental. How so. do you spell okay. that? Uh, P-O-L-Y-P-H-I-A. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, we'll check it super out. Super good. <laughs> I love it. All the cool. yeah. What about you? Um, as usual, a little Grateful Dead. Um, in my car, I've had um, Dominguez Hills five five ninety and five six ninety. Um, they played down in Southern California, Cal State Dominguez. Is that a damn station? Huh? Is that an AM station? <laughs> no. <it's not>. Uh, <laughs> the, the dates, uh, May 5th and May 6th, 1990, The Grateful oh, okay. Dead. Ancient <laughs> history. Yeah, at Cal State Dominguez. And it's just two of my favorite shows there. Um, a lot of the West Coast shows with The Dead, they had a really relaxed feel to them. And they were just fabulous. I love that time period. And those two were one of my favorites. And I've been playing those a little bit. And also uh, listen to a lot of sports on radio, um, especially like the playoffs, like the World Series just happened. Um, I like sitting at home and listening to sports, kind of just one of those things that um, just kind of calms me and relaxes me. And nice. um, especially from we are sports kids or sports freaks as kids. And it kind of just takes me back to that a lot. So that's Very what I've been cool. doing. Dude, hey. And I also, sorry, real quick. Oh, sorry. Um, I listen to a lot of Rob's Pandora that he plays around all the time, <laughs> which is really good. Yeah. So, uh, have you guys heard, uh, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with Jewel? No, no I have oh, not. No, my God. It's so good. Okay. It's really good. It takes, takes her from when she was living in Alaska to when she was homeless living in San Diego to um, playing in a little coffee shop right. and, wow. and, and then selling out the coffee shop, you know, and then blowing that up and go all the way until um, her mom stole uh, like a hundred million dollars from her or wow. something like that. And it's just like this crazy story. Wow. If you ever want to hear a really yeah. amazing story, it's uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with Jewel. It's cool. unbelievable. And what, so, what's on your yeah. Pandora, Robbie? Oh, all kinds of stuff. Endless amounts of different varieties of music. But a um, couple of the features lately I've been digging into a little Western Molly guitar, uh, the Olaf Arcaturi and Bubakar Traore. Um, I always like that. And then the new one that I've added is Billy Strings. New uh, uh, bluegrass wizard, and then kind of uh, he's crossing over into the rock world a little bit too. Are you? Uh, I really dig Billy Strings. Yeah, good stuff. And he's got a great attitude and yeah. just aura about himself. And yeah. yeah, he's cool. Oh, I, I guess I could. I also been listening to Trombone Shorty. Nice. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Trombone oh, Shorty rocks yeah, in, in the shop too. Yeah. Um, are you guys got any shows coming up that you guys are going to or anything? Or you nah, know? it costs too much money. You're fishing too much. <laughs> too much money. Yeah. But we'd rather is. spend our money go out with guy, um, Vaughn Podmore. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Right? laughs> awesome. 
Well, anything else, you guys? Oh, I got one. I got to give a little shout out. Um, It's about a month ago. I was out with clients on the four mile trail and ran into Danny and he was getting ready to go all the way out. And as I was walking out with my clients, I saw Danny's net oh, yeah, <laughs> in the middle of the trail. Oh, man. So I, he got it stuck on a tree, and I'd like to give a shout-out to this dude, Anthony, that was out there. And Anthony found it in the tree and put it in the middle of the trail, hoping that you would find it, Danny. And luckily, I found it first and oh, was able you, to get Anthony. it back to Danny. So little shout-out to Anthony. And uh, when you guys find stuff out there, if you want to, just bring it by the shop. We'll try and find the owners to them. Um, but often you just leave it in the trail and people will pick it up. It'll, they left it. So it was really nice that he did that. That was the greatest th- yep. thing ever because I thought my net was gone and I got a text from Ryan once I got back into signal and said, Hey, I have something of yours. If you can tell me what it is, you can have it back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice net too. <laughs> yeah. I'm stoked. I got it back. Awesome. Well, right on you guys. Um, that is the Kern river fly shop podcast. There it is. Nice. <laughs> Ryan, Danny, Rob, my name's Guy Jeans, and you just listened to the Kern River Fly Shop podcast. We will catch you guys next time. Bye. See you guys later. All right. <laughs>